Have a car question? Ask the experts at 855-340-ZONE. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. That's right. General Manager of Mark Miller Subaru, Jeff Miller's here with us. Hi, Jeff. Welcome back to second uh, second hour. Yeah, I looked up, so I looked up, I found the original PowerPoint presentation that I gave to our entire sales department in December of 2014. So it was actually April of 2015 that we went there. So we're four years into it. Talking about promise pricing, the idea of yeah. no negotiating. This is the price. You don't go to the grocery store and negotiate your gallon of milk. It's just a price. You pay it. That's what you're trying to do with the car industry. You started this five years ago now. And this is the presentation you gave the sales team? That's an interesting thing on it because the, the idea is that talking about how much easier you make it, uh, the car purchase, right? So you could argue you're making a car purchase by the higher that a dealership's closing their first-time customers. Like the customer comes in for their first visit and they end up walking out with the car. The better the experience is for the customer, the happier they were, the more comfortable they in the process. If you have a lower number on that, it means you're fighting, they're coming back later. Like it, It's a process. So when we went in this the first time, this is my presentation from – December of 2014, so four months before we did this, our current closing ratio on first-time visits was 19%. And I said in here, I said, by giving the customer a promise price and the one price in the, and getting rid of the negotiation process, the first-time closing ratio will increase by 10 to 20% on average. This was what I told them it would happen. Our average closing ratio right now is 32 to 35%. More than you had even. So it's, 15, well, it's about it's what right you there, thought. Right? Yeah. Well, I predicted 15% higher. Mm. <laughs> it's crazy. The numbers are almost dead on. And they were not happy when you first oh, brought up this idea. <laughs> no, nobody liked it. <laughs> you had mutiny on your hands, almost. Not quite full blown mutiny, but they like it now, don't they? Yeah, I and mean, we've, had, we've had some months where we've had closing ratios as high as 40% on the first time. Someone walks in two out of five times. And some of those other times they didn't buy a car just because we didn't have it. Yeah. Right? Sometimes you just don't have the car. Yeah. Especially in a high demand car. And going away from the idea that we have to worry about gross and what we make on an individual car and trying to sell all What a those. headache. It's just a headache. Now they know if I, they sell a car, they make a flat. Well, and, that, and that's the, uh, the more cars they sell, the higher the flat. That's literally how we pay our salespeople. And the happier they are. Yeah, the happier it. the customer is, the happier the sales rep is, the happier the whole thing is. And, uh, and our customers, because of it, have a happier salesperson they're dealing with that's not stressed. And at the same time, they can trust. If they understand what we do and our guys explain it right, they can trust that our sales guy is not pushing them to something to make themselves more money. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. If our sales guy could sell one, sell a fully loaded STI for $50,000 or a basic $19,000, $20,000 Impreza and make the exact same amount of money. Yeah, you also don't work on commission. None of my You're, you're sales guys. So. Uh, and that's, that, this whole idea pushes towards the actual goal that every dealership wants to sell you but really, I only know of one uh, that I've experienced that, that that actually does this. Your best interest is at heart. And that's what I experienced when I went through uh, the, the situation here with Mark Miller Subaru is you got your, your sales team, your managers, your, your service people. They are always interested in what's best for me and my family, not what's best for their bottom dollar. And now that's that's big time, I think. And that's I mean that's what we're trying to do. And it's what we're trying to do. We're trying to move that stuff in the finance department. We're trying to move that stuff in the service department. We're trying to we look at our processes every day and look and say how can we make this process more transparent, more customer friendly, and more like what we did in Promise Price because of yeah. how successful that was for us. And that's when my friend texts me about this. Uh, I tried to do my best, but I don't know the terms. And so I wanted you to also talk about how. 
the market, uh, the, the the finance markups that a lot of car dealerships will d- do, and that APR they'll manipulate it and play with it to try and get some money on the back end. Uh, you've also changed how you guys are doing that. Yes. So, and it's not illegal. It's, it's not. not it's not the, unethical. It's not even unethical. Or, yeah, I it's mean, business. I don't find it unethical. It's business. And what finance? So we are a conduit for the banks. So we work with forty or fifty different credit unions and banks that we can send somebody to and get someone paper and and write a loan for these banks. We submit the loan to them. They approve it. We write the loan. They pay us, right? And then we and they'll actually. So there's two different ways that we can get paid by a bank as a retailer. So we can get paid either as a flat, which means that whatever interest rate they gave us, we gave that to the customer, and they'll give us anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to 1% of the amount financed, 1.5% of the amount financed, just depending on the bank for what we did. So on a $30,000 car, we might get 300 bucks. So that's what we call flats. Then the other way we can get paid is what's called interest rate markup. So they can send us a, a rate of 5%, say, Here's your buy rate. This is what the customer qualifies for 5%. You have the ability to mark that up anywhere from 15 to 2.5%, depending on the bank and term and everything like that. They, and then whatever that difference in interest that's going to be over the life of that loan, dealer gets a piece of it. Hmm. And so there's nothing unethical about it. Part of it is that I mean, you can make, there, there's an argument out there that so say that you're out there, you're a somewhat subprime customer through the buying power of that retailer. They got you a, five, a 6% loan when you only qualified for a 7% loan everywhere else, but the loan they got from the banks, a 4% loan, you're still better off, they're better off. Yeah. It's a win-win. So there's, it's not an unethical thing. It's, it gets unethical when it's different types of people that you're giving that to. Sure. When you're marking up all the women or you're marking up different races, things like that, that's where the unethical part of it comes. And I don't think that happens that much. I really don't. But I th- it, definitely, but it, does it definitely does happen. Yeah. So we made a decision to try and move our finance department similar to what our front department is. To, there's really the one place in our store that there was that we didn't have that transparency, that you didn't know what your buy rate was. You didn't know what was happening in the finance department. So we made a decision back in April to stop that. So at this point now, our finance managers are not allowed to mark up any interest rates. So whatever the bank says it is. So whatever the best rate a customer can get is what they get. And so, and it gives our salespeople and our product specialists a lot of power to be able to tell a customer, you are going to get the best rate. And before we couldn't say that. Yeah. Because if they're telling a customer, you're going to get the best rate, and they go back in the finance office and they get a 5.9 rate, but our rate was 4.9, they didn't get the best rate. Yeah. And so now, like, I think I'm really confident in the fact that they can say that. And, my, and our finance managers are going to truly go out there, get them the best rate. They're going to make their flat and get, still get paid for doing their work. Because one of the things is it's it's a lot of work for a finance manager. That's not an easy job. I've been in that job. It's not an easy job to work with all these banks. And those guys are truly fighting for the customer. I mean, they're truly fighting to get the best rates for customers, get deals approved that might not get approved if they're not fighting for it. Loan officers have a hard job. Yeah. And so there, there's a lot there. But I think what we've been able to do there is create a lot more confidence in our finance managers. When they start the car deal, they literally can turn a screen to a customer and say, here's your approval. Here's your interest rate. Here's what I could mark it up. I don't. Here's what we're going to pay. And I think it creates a lot more confidence for our customers in the back end of the thing. And like I said, I don't think there's an issue with rate markup. I don't think it's an unethical thing. I don't think there's anything unethical about it. But we've chosen to do it another way. It's similar. It's not the same thing at all. It's a very loose parallel I'm about to draw. But it's similar to a concert ticket service fee. 
a concert venue can say, here's the cost of the ticket, 60 bucks a ticket. But we're, there's a $9 service fee for each ticket sold because we're the middleman between the, the band and you. Yeah. You're going through us to get to the concert, so we're going to charge you 9 bucks a ticket. Then you hear of places that waive the service fees, and it's, it's similar to that, I think, mm-hmm. it, to put it in a really loose, uh, simplistic term. The difference, though, between that is, is disclosed. Okay, yeah. And yeah. in 99% of auto transactions in this country, I, would, I mean, I don't, maybe 95%, but vast, vast majority, if a rate's being marked up, the customer has no idea. They don't know about it, yeah. That's a C- good point. Yeah. customer has no idea. Mm-hmm. Customer has no idea that their rate's been marked up. And there's sometimes where the customer may get a rate that sounds like too good to be true. They could be getting 3.2%, 3.3%. It sounds like the best rate in the world. And the dealer somehow through their buying power has a 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, we have, yeah. I mean, you think about, I mean, I argue it. So last month, we had a big month, but we sent 80 contracts. So just to, just to chase bank. We sent on an average of probably $25,000 a contract times 80 contracts. So we sent $2 million in business to Chase Bank last month just out of one of our stores. Hmm. So when you're sending that kind of business to someone, we, can, we get exceptions made. Sure. Like, right? If we call someone and say, hey, this guy's a little bit on the edge. I need a tier one approval for him. This is my one for the month. We can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because generally we're sending them so much traffic that the good far outweighs one guy that could go bad. Mm-hmm. So that that's one of the benefits of using a dealer. I mean, it's a lot of these things you read a lot of stuff online about. Oh, don't ever use dealers financing. Don't ever. They're just going to take you to town. They're just going to make money on you. One thing you got to look at it from a dealer franchise is it's like using a mortgage broker, right? The reason you use a mortgage broker rather than just going to Wells Fargo and getting a loan or going to U.S. Bank or whoever you want to go to get a loan is that they have access to multiple banks. So they can shop to you based on who you are and what your situation is and get you the best rate. It's like an insurance broker, yeah, same thing. Right? Yeah. And we've got – I mean, I literally have 50 different financing sources. So I can shop you around. I mean, we found – I mean, good example is we found uh, University of Utah Credit Union at some points. They'll not, they will match Subaru's special rates and give them an extra six months of term. Wow. So they can afford to buy a service contract or something like that. Yeah. But they'll match the rate. Yeah. And so – it's win-win. Well, that's what happened when I uh, did my leases. You guys shopped me around and got me such a good deal that uh, then I had money to do the the, the tire warranty mm-hmm. and the, that's the idea. If we can get if you can if our guys do their jobs, they can create ability to buy other products that will protect you more. Buy the windshield warranty, buy tire warranty, buy a service contract if you're going to have your car long term. Like there's benefits to being able to do that, and yeah, that's why my finance managers don't want to kill me. How much money do you think you'll? lose by not doing the markup anymore. We won't lose any. So then why not do it? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I think you'll you'll lose money on markup, but I think you'll pick it up. There's two different places I think we'll pick it up. One is that it'll open up more money for customers to buy products that have value. There's no value in interest rate markup nope. to a customer. No value at all. But there's value in a service contract. There's value in a tire warranty. There's vi- value in a windshield warranty. And so there's that, value in you selling those yeah, things to yeah. them. Yeah. So they have value in that. And then at the same time, by building more trust with our customer, more people will buy from us. Uh, I think that's uh, the way to go. Uh, you mentioned you had a big month. We did. We had a all-time our all-time best month in the history of Midtown last month. All-time best month in the history of our Toyota store last month. <laughs> and we missed our Southtown one by one car. Well, Subaru across the board had a yeah, set Sub- a single month record, didn't they? Yeah, I got the Subaru set their record. What's the exact total? I had it here. 
I want to say it was oh, I've all time best seventy thousand thirty nine vehicles. First time she was ever crossed the seventy thousand barrier. They were actually um, forecasting a loss this month, and somehow the dealers came through and made it a record. Wow, nine point three percent compared to August of two thousand eighteen, which was also a record. Um, top the the all time best sales month ever was sixty four thousand five forty one. So they beat the all time best record ever by almost six thousand cars. Wow. And it was the 93rd consecutive month of yearly month-over-month growth. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get to 100. You don't think so? No, they're forecasting this month a 4% decrease. Why is that, do you think? There's no cars. Just the availability is down. Yeah, we're down right now. I'll give you I'll give you real time. So right now, as of... Let me find it. Right now at our stores, I want to say we're under a 30-day supply. Hmm. of vehicles which is not a good thing most most car manufacturers recommend you having a 60-day supply of vehicles on the on and the you're car. under 30 which is a sign that you're selling good cars and and doing good business but we have a 26-day supply at Southtown and a 22-day supply at midtown and that's because you're waiting on these new cars to come in yeah we sold 210 cars last month in subarus month we have 111 cars on the ground hmm. so we're waiting for cars to come in we're a little light like right now with the new outbacks coming in we have zero outbacks I think maybe our Midtown store has three or four. You sold all the Southtown last years? Has no 2019 outbacks. Really? They're out. They're all sold. Oh. We built that really nice parking structure. Yeah. It's empty. <laughs> Spent all this money building ourselves a parking garage, and there's nothing parked on top of it. <laughs> yeah. The, the, bo- the boss is really happy about that You're one. You're selling too many cars, that's, Jeff. I mean, that's the issue. Is that yeah. I mean, it'll change, I and mean, we'll get cars back. But, sure. But I mean, right now, we have so few cars, it's it's... A good thing and a bad thing. I mean, it's hard because we're doing a lot of sold orders now, and we're having people have to wait for their car. They can't get them right away, which is frustrating. But Subaru's I, but, just having a hard time making cars. I mean, I think if Subaru could figure out a way to set a record this month, it's going to be even worse next month. Because you're still waiting? Because they'll have even less cars yeah. in the ground. <laughs> which, you know, I, I understand the inconvenience to a customer who has to wait for their new vehicle. And I would be frustrated by that myself. But then in the next breath, I would think, wait a second, there's a reason these aren't just go pick out any car, any color on the lot. Totally, right? Because they're good vehicles. Everyone's buying these for a reason. It, it would be more worrisome to me if you guys were like, we've got 65 you can choose from. And one thing is it's a really good thing. When supply's down, value of the car stays up. So as long as we're keeping a long term, so the nice thing with Super World, I don't think we've crossed a forty-five or fifty-day supply nationally in a decade. Wow! And it's part of the reason why Subaru has the highest valued used cars. They're because when the supply of the news out yeah. there it's that light, then it's even the value of used. I mean, right now the value of a used Outback is as high as it will be in well, the next three years. So if you have a yeah. if you have a used one or two year old Outback that you're thinking about trading in on a different kind of I can't get you an Outback, but <laughs> besides that trade it it's, the value of them's never been higher. That's why our first caller today, Clayton, called in and said he he just bought a twenty ten Outback. Yeah, used car values on Outbacks right now are through the roof because you can't buy a new one. Someone wants goes out and wants to buy an Outback, guess what we're doing? We're walking them to our used car lot and saying, Here's our certified 2018, 2019 Outback. Because you're waiting on the 20s. Because we don't have any yeah. 20s. Yeah. I've got a 20 that'll be here in a month or two. You can get on the list yeah. for a 20, of course. And there's obviously no, ins- there's not going to be any incentive money on a 20. Nope. Why would there be? That's There's no need for it. Yeah. Uh, and I also saw that Subaru, or the Ascent had 
a really good month in it in of its own right. Seventy plus percent uh, more sales than August of eighteen, I think. Yeah, when they first came out, yeah, so. they went from four thousand to seventy three thousand. That's about what we thought. We thought they would we'd sell about seventy three hundred. Yeah, yeah. seventy three hundred. We thought we'd sell about eighty ninety thousand a cents a year, and so we're going to approach that. I think year to date we're at fifty three thousand. So four months to go, you're probably another. We're probably seventy five thousand by the end of the year. But I mean, there's. I mean, it's crazy some of the year to date stuff. I mean, right now, they're they're on pace to sell pretty close to two hundred thousand Outbacks this year. Wow! You went ten years ago. We didn't sell two hundred thousand cars. Now just one. Now just one brand. Forsters are at one hundred eighteen thousand through August. Crosstrex are almost eighty six thousand. <laughs> and Crosstrex actually down a lot. Yeah, that's. I, I would. I suspected it would because the Outback is coming around. Yeah. So people are going to want that. Right. Forsters a big reason. Too. So Forrester, Forrester's sure. up nine percent. It was a new Forrester. Crosstrex and Foresters are built in the same plant. So when they mm. su- when Subaru of America makes their orders, they can pick whether they want an Outback or a Forester. Are, are Imprezas made there too? Because the Impreza are, Impreza's are made in Indiana. Not so because an Impreza and a Crosstrek are very similar. They are, but they're not made in the same spot. No. Interesting. Crosstrek. I would have thought for sure they were. Yeah. Uh, the for- so the tw- you got the Forester and the Outback and the Legacy all coming down the pipe, and I so but right now it's a get on the wait list for yep. those cars. Those Legacies and the Outbacks. I mean, I think we've got a sold order list going already. The cars are coming in with people's names on them already. We're going to start seeing stock ones in the next two couple weeks, and then we'll be just off and running with those cars. Then Did- next year, next year, I don't think next think next year is going to be our first year with no major model change. So because you've got. You do have a 2020 Forester, right? Uh-huh. That's in the 2020 Outback and the 2020 Legacy. Yeah, but the Forester was a new model in 2019. Okay. We had a new Forester in 2019. Oh, why did I think there was another new the one 2020, coming there's a, The new 2020 Forester is minor, minor changes. So, so it's just the year. Just the year yeah. change. It's, it's, little it's stuff. pretty much the yeah, same it's car. usually little stuff. Like I see. The, like, I think they're adding the backseat notification system. Right. Oh, that's in fact, yeah. we talked about that recently. Yeah, we recently. talked about that a few episodes ago. They'll, uh, they'll add little stuff like that. But, but the Outback's... A brand new. Yeah, so Outback and the Legacy are literally new sheet metal, new car, new platform, new engine, new everything. Gotcha. Like, Not just a, a little upgrade here no, and it's there. A, it's a brand new vehicle. Actually, drove one yesterday. With the Outback? Yeah, drove a 2020 Outback How yesterday. was it? That's a great car. I mean, it's, it's an Outback through and through, but it's even more solid, quieter. It's just a the new dash is just so cool. I'm a tech, I'm a tech guy though. I love, I love that kind of stuff. I'm a, I want to get in one and yeah. drive one yeah, around. Yeah, the new Outback's a really cool car. I'm really excited for the Turbo Legacy. Okay, so the Turbo Legacy. So Legacy car sales, as we've talked about before, are down, but there is still that market. And then I think there's those that are like halfway between. They would like a crossover, but they still like their sedans. You throw that Turbo into the Legacy, that's a game changer, man. That car is a fun, fun car. And I think, if I remember right, I want to say it's a finalist for uh, the car of the year. The Legacy? Wow. Yeah, I think the Outback didn't get on it, but I'm pretty sure that I'm going to look that I'm up. I'm telling you, the 2020 Legacy has me strongly considering going back to the car game myself uh, because it is a fine, fine piece of machinery for a very economical decision. It's a cool. That Turbo, and I'm telling you, that Turbo is going to be so fun. That's the same thing that's in the Ascent, right? The, the, the Turbo? Yeah. And you're putting it in your sedan. And I don't think they tuned it down either. Jeez, it's almost a no-brainer, really. It's just a matter of can you deal without having a hatchback? And if you can, then this is probably a really good decision for you. 
the, totally. the 2020 legacy. Uh, yeah, so because our, our cross-check lease will be up in a year from now. And so mm-hmm. about next spring, we'll start coming in and looking at making a decision and seeing what we want to do. And we're, we do, we still want to lease, but we're not sure which model we want to go. If we want to go bigger and get the Ascent or, or a Forester or Outback, or we might slide down to the Legacy and now we'll switch. <coughs> I'll get to drive the really nice brand new lease and my wife will drive the other vehicle that we have. But I don't know. We'll have to see what we do because that Legacy, maybe we'll lease both. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Because I don't know how we're going to make that decision. Because that legacy looks really, really cool. So uh, the 2020 legacy, 2020 Forester, or sorry, uh, Outback, brand spanking new vehicles. They're exciting. Get down. You can't test drive one right now, I, I would assume. Nope, not yet. But once so, you get them in Yeah, there, the ones we have are manufacturer cars, and so we're not allowed to, their insurance does not allow us to do that. You can get in them, check out the features, look at the new dash, and, and see if you like that kind of thing and then get on the list of trying to get one when they come onto the lot. It's Mark Miller Subaru's Utah Car Sense here on the Zone Sports Network. Call us, 855-340-ZONE. Right now we have just Clayton and Nick who are on the call-in list. Everyone that calls in and talks with us is entered to win a four-pack of VIP Lounge movie passes courtesy of Mark Miller Subaru at Megaplex Theaters. So 855-340-ZONE. Questions, comments, stories, anything you got. We'd love to hear from you, 855-340-ZONE. can also, you know, we're here to talk cars, but we're not uh, adverse to the idea that this is a college football Saturday. You've got the BYU pregame starting at noon right here after we're done on the Zone Sports Network. BYU with the game of the weekend for sure here in the state with USC. Nationally televised. ABC, right? Yeah. That's a big deal. ABC's going to show that bloodbath. <laughs> Mark, or, uh, Jeff went to both USC and Utah, so you BYU fans. USC by five, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Tom. There you go, uh, Tom. <laughs> that was for you. I don't think he likes me using that for USC. No, though. I don't know if he would. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't think he'd appreciate that. <laughs> uh, but that's the big one. And then, of course, Utah still with uh, a lot to work on. They're looking good. They're cooking. They do have some things to improve. They'll have a chance to do that against Idaho State. That pregame comes your way at 1 o'clock. Here on the Zone Sports Network, 855-340-ZONE. Not to mention, have you been watching Dante Exum's Instagram stories? With him working his like workouts? Yeah. Yeah, I've been seeing that too. That guy's getting after it, Jeff. He's looking bigger. He is looking very He looks very like a good. lot bigger, doesn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. In a good way. Yeah, in like a he looks powerful like he's way. actually like put on t- 20 or 30 pounds. And I think that uh, his leg work has really improved. I think yeah. he's really been working the muscles down low there. So everyone's all excited about Dante Exum's Instagram stories. Open Gym has been going on here for the Utah Jazz for a little bit. So we got all kinds of things to talk about. Let's get out to the phone lines, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, we'll wait for the uh, name there on line one. Eric's just Eric Jensen producing for us today. He'll get us our, our caller there uh, here in just a moment, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, Eric, who's on, Eric, who's on line one, buddy? Oh, can't hear you. Here, let's just take let's just line, say hello. line one. Hello. Go ahead. Who are you? If you heard the click in your ear, you're on. Hello. Yes, who's this? This is Alan. Alan. Alan, thank you for calling. What's up? How are you? Good. What do you got for just us today? Throwing a little wax on the outback. 
Nice. Keeping it looking nice. Well, yeah, I do all of my own uh, <clears throat> detailing. What? So here I am on Saturday waxing my wife's Outback. <laughs> what kind of wax do you use, Alan? I'm using Meguiar's today. Of course, oh, that's yeah. the good stuff. I like Meguiar's. Yeah, it's good stuff. There's some good stuff in Salt Lake, a place called Jorgens, mm-hmm. down on California Avenue. I get stuff from them, too. What year's the Outback? The Outback's 2015. Oh, very nice. With just over 51,000 miles. Cool. And so I'm sitting here thinking, maybe uh, <clears throat> trading up to a 2020 Outback with the Turbo. It's not a bad idea. That's it. I we're I am so excited about that turboed Outback because I've, I've been driving yeah. I've been driving in a set now for a year. Uh, my wife drives yeah, it most I've, of the time, but that it's that motor in it, and that motor in an Outback is going to be such a fun motor. Yeah, I went and drove the Ascent last year mm-hmm. or when it came out, and uh, it is a fine vehicle. I've tried to talk several of my neighbors into getting an Ascent, but. I haven't had much luck, <laughs> but I did talk two neighbors into getting a Crosstrek. Oh yeah, that's an uh, easy. <laughs> I got a Crosstrek of 2018, and uh, it's a wonderful car. I talked my neighbor into getting one. Yeah, that's what Austin. And his Austin's neighbor got one. We have about seven Subarus in the neighborhood now. <laughs> that's Taking awesome. over, and I sold two of them. It's crazy when you talk. <laughs> it's crazy when you talk about that Outback though, because you're talking about a, the same engine in that car. And a weight difference of upwards of six, seven hundred pounds. Wow. Yeah. So you're talking the same engine. Well, we'll same have to, go, we'll have to drive the Outback when it. Wait till all the hysteria calms down and go and drive one. Yeah. When you talk about the Legacy, it's the same engine in the Legacy with a difference of almost nine hundred to a thousand pounds. Jeez. Mm-hmm. So that's why. That yeah, I had a Legacy cooking. before the Crosstrek. Okay. And uh, I like the Legacy a lot. It's a it's a great you know it's a great car. But I have uh, my neighbor has a question. Yep. He's got a Crosstrek just exactly like mine. Okay. And he says when he starts it up in the morning, he'll see a little puff of smoke coming out his tailpipe. But he parks on quite an angle in his driveway. Hmm. And I'm just wondering if the uh, doesn't have enough pressure to put it, put enough oil up into the engine. Interesting. He's on be. an angle. I've never heard that one before. Is it a yeah, steep? Yeah, I haven't angle? either. He said I'm going to call. I mean, the dealership and see what they think. And I said, well, I'll call these guys on the radio tomorrow I mean, and see it, what it, they say. They're, I mean, it can be they're a, pretty I mean, knowledgeable. That can be a somewhat common thing. The, the worry is when you get white smoke coming out of it and it's constant, it's a sign of head gaskets. But that's generally, oh. when, this, but that's generally when it's a constant smoke. It's continuous. When it's generally that just initial puff of smoke, it's generally not mm-hmm. a big issue. It's generally just normal condensation built up in the exhaust system that gets pushed out. Yeah, I'm so, going to tell him yeah, that. Generally, it's He's never... He's got a Crosstrek just like mine, only a year newer. I mean, if he hmm. wants us to, have him come bring it into our express lube and we'll look at it. We can check for head gas and stuff pretty quick. You can look at it on the radiator hmm. cap and things like that. But generally, if it's just on that first shot, it's generally just condensation inside the exhaust. Is it every time he starts it, or is it just after he's been parked on that hill? Um, it's in the morning when he gets out. It's been parked there overnight. And he goes out to go to work in yeah, the morning. So if it's outside too. It's kind of like having mist mist on the top of the car. That mist yep. is inside the exhaust too, and that condensation's mixing right when they start the car, and it pops out white smoke. It's when that white smoke oh, okay. is constant. Then that's a very no. It's not a constant. It's just the first 
first thing in the morning. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. So it doesn't look like the Vatican making a change. It's just a a one puff of smoke. Okay, I think we're all right. (laughs) Thanks, Alan. That was a good one. (laughs) Have a good day, friend. Thanks for calling. Okay, hey, thanks, you guys. Have a a great day, and uh, we're loving our Subarus. Good, good to hear it. Yeah, uh, if I were uh, Alan, I too would look into maybe only 50000 on that, what do you say, 15 Outback? And you were just talking about how that's the car everyone wants right now is an Outback. You get a good trade in on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think it'd be a great way. It's a great time to trade that car in. We're going back to that smoke thing. I mean, it really depends. Generally, you, we're trained, so we do inspections on car. We look for white smoke. That's one of the things we look for when we do a trade, trade appraisal. And it's generally, you you got to look at the thickness of the smoke. So if it's just a thin white smoke that comes right when you first start the car, 99% of the time it's just that condensation inside mm-hmm. the exhaust. It's when you get that thick white smoke that's coming out of the car and becoming more of a constant thing, that's a sign of head gasket issues. Which is not good. Which is very bad. Yes. And we want to fix that. So it would be worth engine it. engine block, cylinder head, yeah. I mean, really bad things. It's worth an hour at the shop for it to get checked out. But no, it's it probably won't even be an hour at the shop. I mean, we can look at that thing pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, 855-340-ZONE. Adam is with us now. Good morning, Adam. Hey, how's it going? We're fine. How are you today? Good. Quick question for you. A um, little bit ago... Uh, my car got broken into. Nothing got stolen except my registration and my insurance cards. Is there like any concern that I should have with people having those? Uh, yeah, <laughs> not not grave concern, but you do want to report that. It, you, did you call the police and have them make a report and all that? I, I did not, not yet. Yeah, you're gonna want to do that because uh, they having your registration. I don't. You never know what a criminal can do with things these days. But you don't want them to somehow wash that, yeah. quote unquote, electronically wash that and make it a registration for another stolen vehicle. Yeah, you want to report that to the DMV, and then I would report to your insurance agency. That because what they might want to do on your oh. insurance agency, that your insurance, if your insurance card's been stolen, they they'll what they'll probably end up doing is issue you a new insurance account. New co- change new, your number yeah. and new mm-hmm. cards. Okay. So I would report both of those to both of those agencies. And also, is your home was your, was the car broken into at your home? Uh, my apartment complex, yeah. Okay, and that was the address on the registration. So okay, because so, sometimes what people yeah. will do is take that and then know stake your house out and wait till you, you leave and rob yeah. your house. So well. I'm moving in like two weeks, so. <laughs> the new tenant's problem? Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's a new guy's problem. <laughs> Ouch. All right, Adam. Yeah, but yeah, but make sure you call and report Yeah, I would call stuff. and report to both those agencies. Will do. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, anytime that happens, make sure there's a paper trail to follow Stole their the, registration. The that, story. That's just someone just trying to be a jerk, <laughs> just trying to make your life harder. It's a weird thing to. That's a weird thing to steal. Yeah. 855-340-ZONE. Jess is now on the show. Hi, Jess. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. You too. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. So my wife drives a 2007 Toyota Sienna coming up on about 100,000 miles. We're at about 93 right now. Okay. And it's in good shape overall. I'm just wondering, with little kids and trade-in value and stuff, is it better for me to just drive this thing into the ground, or do I, do I take whatever value I've gotten it and try and trade up to a newer, nicer model? That's a good question. A lot of factors go into that decision. There's a lot of factors. I mean, pretty much anybody who owns a minivan, it's going to get destroyed because odds are you've got children in a minivan. And I I have three small kids, and I know what they do to my car every day. So that's going to happen. But, 
you're, the issue on just about any car, any model, any car, I mean, is that once you get to that 100K thing, is generally where you start, you're going to start seeing issues. And the issues you start seeing 100K is where big stuff can start happening. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... Yeah, we've had just minor little things here and there. Nothing huge um, or, you know, big has happened yet. I just don't really want that stuff to happen. And then go and try to trade in a car that doesn't have any value, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of what you want to do. I mean, what kind of Sienna is it? Is it all-wheel drive or is it just a LA? It's, it's all-wheel drive. Oh, nice. It's leather interior. It's got the, the DVD player and all that stuff, so it's a pretty good vehicle. Well, you're not going to get more money out of it the more you wait on that. That's obvious. So if you do, right. you do want to make that decision fairly soon. I guess really it boils down to do you want to risk paying big time in repairs or do you want to trade it in and have a monthly payment on something newer that will have less repairs that have to be have to be done? That's true. I guess that's the question I need to answer, right? Uh, yeah. Also, you know, look into leasing. It depends on how many miles you drive and, and that kind of thing. If it's just going around the neighborhood, taking kids to school or whatever, and the grocery store, I don't know what it, how much driving you do in it, but maybe a leasing a van or even a, an ascent from Mark Mills Subaru might be an idea. Yeah, I mean, they're not I, – I mean, I think about that car with under 100,000 miles – that is a car that's, that is a great car. As far as trading yeah. it for that car, you're going to get good value on that car because it's that's what a, I'm thinking. Yeah. Highly under 100k minivan in Salt Lake in September. It's almost the best we sold in a day. Yeah, all-wheel almost, drive, leather interior. Yeah, I mean that's, that would be one. I mean, generally, I I recommend most people don't want to deal with the hassle of selling a car on your own. That would not be a hard car to sell on your own. No, Mm-mm. I mean that's a that's a ten thousand dollar car all day long. I mean, if I look That's on the, point, if dude. I look at market value on that car, there really aren't that many of them out there. I mean, in 2007, Sienna's in the market. There's two or three of them out there. Do you still owe on the car, Jess? Yeah, but not as much as what you'd get. It's worth. We we owe about just under seven on it right now. So you'd so. get a few thousand, a couple thousand or more, more to put on the new one. Yeah. I mean, my guess is trading that car in. I mean, trade in NADA, trade in on a limited. So that's probably an XLE limited. Mm-hmm. All-wheel drive, so. Now, does it have uh, a condition, kid-owned condition on that on that appraisal there, Jeff? Or? I think it's Sienna. <laughs> I think on a Sienna, it's just kind of baked in. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is no mint on the used minivan. I mean, yeah. I think from a trade-in value to a store, you're probably right around what you owe. I mean, it's probably worth about seven grand on a trade-in. Selling on your own, I bet you could get ten. Easy. Easy. Okay. Yep, cool. I mean, that's kind of what I would do on that car. Post it. See what happens. I'll tell you, I tell yeah. you an under hundred thousand mile Sienna van. That is that you're you're going to get twenty phone calls the first day. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. A, I hadn't really thought of that. That's a good point. That is an easy car to sell. It take you a weekend tops. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll look into that. Thanks, good guys. Question, Jess. Good luck. Thanks, Jess. Good luck with that. Let us know how it goes. Yes, sir. Call back. Eight five five three four zero zone. Let's keep going here before we take yeah, a break. That's like the ultimate Utah vehicle, right there. Like that, that is, is not a. That's ve- the number one in demand. An all-wheel drive Sienna with under a hundred thousand miles. People are going to call our number and say, "Hey, can you give me Jess's number? I got I got an offer to make." I'm surprised him. one of my sales guys at Toyota is not calling us right now, <laughs> saying, "Hey, can you give me his number? <laughs> I got someone for that car." <laughs> Jess just became the number one free agent in used cars in in Utah. Eight five five three four zero zone. John is with us now good morning john good morning gentlemen um called before several times and just love the show oh thank you try to get there every saturday to to listen in but here's my question um talked my wife into a a subaru outback she has the 14 and it's running like a top 
52,000 miles. Nice. And I've been trying to convince her to consider the new, with the all-new, um, 2020 Outback. But she is not convinced that she needs to trade up. How do I convince her? <laughs> wow, that is the age-old question. I think the Old Testament yeah. talks about this one. Is, is that, was she in a four-cylinder or one of the six-cylinders? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a four. I, I believe. Ooh, I double-checked that. I'm sorry. I should know that. I'm the one that talked her into it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to double check, but it runs so well. It is marvelous. I mean, really, the vehicle. I mean, really, the only way to do it. I mean, to really experience the difference on you can talk about the stats. I mean, it's going to get better gas mileage. It's going to be quieter. Really, you got to experience it. I mean, if just having her yes, drive the yeah. new one versus the old one, it's night and day difference. Especially going 14 to 20, because if you go from a 14 to the new 20, you're talking two generations, not one. Because yes. the 14 okay. was the old right. body style. The 15 is when the new body style came in. It, it was about this time of year in in uh, 14. We She was able to purchase it and um, has had virtually a latch problem in the back. That's the only thing that needs to be worked on. But otherwise, just a wonderful vehicle. And I'm more into the bells and whistles, getting up to the new platform engine and all of that. But that doesn't turn her on. <laughs> this car is so good for her. She owns apartments. She uses the hatchback facility to carry tools and parts and so on and so yeah, forth I and mean, just loves it. Your so, only, I mean, your only concern on, too, is did you buy, when you bought the car, did you buy an extended service contract? Uh, it was a, a dealer contract. Yes. Did I answer your question yes, properly? So, so you did buy a service contract on the car. Extending the service contract. Oh yes. Okay. Yes, so, yes, right. so that was the only other thing I would say is that in five years you're out. You're outside your service contract on it. You're outside the warranty on it. But if you bought a service contract, you're still. So out, you're it's still time out. or miles. Is it's it? t- yeah, it's time or miles. So sixty thousand miles or five years. Yes. So you, if you bought it this okay. time, you're exactly five years. Mm-hmm. It's just running out. Right. 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 Yeah. Oh, that's a very good point right there. Yeah. That yes. might that might okay. tip the scales. That would be the yeah. other one. But mm-hmm. I, but yeah, I, I would say might, once we get yeah. the new ones in in the next couple of weeks, just have her come by and drive one one day. Make a, make a date yeah. out of it. It's yes, like yes. when someone doesn't want a new puppy. Take them to the Once puppy. Once you show them the uh, puppy, the, they want the new puppy. <laughs> take them to Nuzzles & Co. They'll, they'll want a new puppy. They'll rescue someone. Real I'll, quick. I'll blindfold her. <laughs> Tell her we're going to um, um, a surprise. Uh, some fancy woman's store, and then <laughs> so, uh, she can get, when she gets there, she'll have to now, drive one. Now, pray tell, what is a fancy woman's... St- no, don't answer that, <laughs> don't actually. Answer that. I don't, know. <laughs> John, actually, don't get me in trouble, gentlemen. There's don't actually a funny term. Here. There's actually a car term in the car business when you talk about car dealer slang. And it's called the puppy dog. Yes. Clo- it's called the puppy dog close. <laughs> and the puppy dog closes when they send you home with the vehicle for the night when you haven't bought it yet, and say, "Hey, why don't you just take it home for the night? Come back tomorrow, we'll do the deal." Because once you get the puppy dog <laughs> right. home, and your neighbors have seen it, the kids have seen the puppy dog, you can't return the puppy dog. You can't. You, <laughs> so how could you? It's called the puppy dog close. <laughs> I mean, that's a wonderful. Now, wonderful. Now, well, John, my name being Carr. <laughs> yeah, John, we did, you did not talk to us. So I don't want to be in trouble with the wife here. So you, this is all on you. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, you, you won't. You're, okay. you're absolved from any right. any wrath uh, or anything. It's just the car has been so dependable, so helpful, so good. She doesn't see a reason to have to change. But yeah. there's so many changes, and it would be a great upgrade. So. Yes, sir. I'll keep working on it. You've given me a little help here. Well, good luck. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Always good to hear from you. Uh, Let's get back out to the phone lines now. Christian has been waiting patiently. Hi, Christian. 
Hi, good morning. How are you guys? Fine. What do you got for us? Good. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Danny at Southtown uh, dealership. She sold my family four cars. Um, the last one was last week. We bought the Outback, the 2019 on the showroom. And my she found a room for my, my wife to feed my baby. And um, she actually dug through some trash to find a CD that my wife likes. So oh, I just want to give a shout out. And I, I really appreciate you guys. And we love the car. Well, we appreciate so. that. Yeah, Danny. Uh, Danny's excellent. She's one of our salespeople at our Southtown store. She sits right outside my office, right in front of me, and so I, I get to talk to her a lot. And she just does a great yeah, job taking care of people. She's she's great. We, I mean, we'll always come to her. I mean, that's just how much we like her. So, yes, sir. Just wanted to give that out there and say thank you. Thank you, Christian. Always nice when people take time Absolutely. to. Absolutely. I'll make sure to tell Danny about that when I get there on Monday or Tuesday. Yep. Send her, have her log on to uh, any podcast catcher, search Utah Car Sense, have her listen to yeah, this episode. To That'd be nice. Yeah. Rate us, share us. We We'd are, love it. We are podcasted these days. Before we break, Joel is back on the show. Thanks for returning, Joel. Yeah, I have uh, called the last couple of weeks on uh, questions regarding uh, an STI that I've ordered. Um, I've uh, been talking to Mark uh, Patterson uh-huh. at your uh, downtown store, and he ordered a uh, 2020 STI for me. The question that I have is I've uh, been listening to your uh, comments concerning the uh, weight uh, transfer in some of the new engines, and I was just wondering if the STI uh, has a new lighter engine by any chance. Uh, the STI still has the same engine. It's all it, it's had in it. There's no modifications on that. Uh huh. But that I mean, those cars are built to do that. I mean, those mm-hmm. those cars are as well built as any car we make because they put so much. Yeah, time I've got a I've things. got a 2016 that I'm trading in on the on the 2020 when it comes in, and that's uh, it's been solid car, a lot of fun to drive. That's excellent. I'm excited for those cars. We're excited to see them. We haven't had. Any, they haven't been anything released yet on them, so we're not exactly sure exactly what all the changes are going to be. But yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great car. Um, I'm excited for you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm jealous. In fact, I'm really excited me, for me you. Too. I don't I even get to drive. Wait, I don't even get to drive those cars because by the time we get them in, they're always sold, and no <laughs> one wants them with miles on it. So I don't even get to go out and demo and have fun. Yeah, they're a lot of fun to drive. I, I don't I don't race it or anything, you no. know. But uh, I get on it once in a while, and it's. Uh, a lot of fun. That's have good. a lot of people that pull up on uh, at the light uh, wanting to race. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for talking to you guys. And by the way, I had a good experience when I purchased my uh, 2016 uh, with Mark uh, Pedersen and the rest of your group at the store. So uh, I'm enjoying purchasing the new one as well. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for calling in. And thanks for being a customer of Mark Miller Subaru. We'll take our final break. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the show, get you ready for the BYU pregame show. USC's in town. Jeff will tell you who he's picking and why. You'll be shocked. Next, here on Utah Car Sense. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Final segment of Utah Car Sense this week. He's Jeff Miller. I'm Austin Horton. Welcome back. Eric Jensen producing for us. 855-340-ZONE. you got a couple short minutes 
left if you have a comment or question to get in, 855-340-ZONE. But Jeff, you've got a list for us, and... As I was taught in radio school, people love lists. People love lists. What's the There's list? A lot of lists. This is going to be all of the vehicles that are discontinued for 2020. All of them? That, a good list of some of the nameplates that won't be on, okay. some of the more common ones. And some interesting ones you don't know about. So we'll start with, this is alphabetical by brand, so. Okay. Audi, the TT. The TT is going ta-ta? Launched in 1998, Sorry. 21 years later. <laughs> they're pulling the plug. I hope, hope we're going to replace it down the road with a new fully electric model as part of the long-term plan, but they will not be a 2020 TT. Those are nice-looking cars. I like the TT. BMW, so the Gran Turismo editions. Mm-hmm. Those are all going away. We heard about that. We talked about that in the past. Buick, the Cascada. Uh-huh, the, yeah, sure. The convertible. That's, that's a sad loss since 2016 that uh, that one's going to be gone. A lot of people mad about that, all six of them. Yep. <laughs> Uh, 2,000 of them actually were delivered last year. Oh, I'm sorry. All to rental car companies. But only six of those are <laughs> mad that they're going away. All to rental The Buick LaCrosse. Okay. Was set to be refreshed, but they decided to just get rid of it. Uh-huh. So it's gone. So Regal's the only passenger car remaining for Buick now. They don't make the uh, uh, LeSabre anymore. LeSabre, no Lucerne, none of it's gone. Hmm. Cadillac, the CTS is gone. Really? Mm-hmm. Getting rid to the new CT5 that's going to be coming out. Okay. The XTS is going away. Okay. Uh, Chevrolet, the Cruze. No more, huh? The Chevy Cruze is going gone. So there's no longer, it's a 10-year run, and there's no longer the Chevy Cruze out there in the market. The Impala is gone. I did not know they still made Impalas. They still make a Chevy Impala. It will cease in January. Chevy Volt. There will not be a 2020 Chevy Volt. We're focusing on Bolt now. Yep. Yeah. From the Fords, we talked about this earlier, the Ford Fiesta is going to be gone. Ford Taurus is going to be gone. Uh, Jaguar, the XJ, is going away. Lincoln, they're re- renaming their crossover, the the MKC. We call it the Corsair. The Corsair. That's a horrible what name. What a That's bad a really decision. Bad name. I mean, MKC sounds a lot cooler than yeah. Corsair. MKT is going away, too. That's their brand new three-row one that lasted yeah, about why two did, years. Yeah, that didn't sell. Uh, 370Z Roadster for Nissan going away. Wow. Uh-huh. The... The coupe version still going to stay around, but the convertible variants being axed. Uh, the Nissan Rogue Hybrid, they're going away. Why is that? Um, that seems like some that would have a market. Apparently, the hybrid model was not popular enough for it to ma- remain sustainable. Really yeah, interesting. They, the Rogue crossover is meaning the top-selling model for Nissan, but they've but got not the, the hybrid, hybrid variants going away. Wow. Uh, the Smart EQ for two. Okay. Very sad that that car is going away. That car never made any sense to me. Smart EQ for two. Because it was called a smart car. It was like the size of a golf cart. <laughs> yeah. And still only got like 35 miles a gallon. <laughs> Which is what you get in your cross track. <laughs> right? I never I never understood the smart car <laughs> because it never got good gas mileage. It got 40 miles a gallon, but it was like a golf cart. Yeah. Like a that car, should be getting you 80 miles yeah, a gallon. Yeah, like you're huh? driving around a golf cart every day that's going to kill you if you run into anything. Watch out for the pothole. You Might be the end of it. You should get at least 60 miles a gallon on that thing. Yeah. Is what it is. If you so, can take uh, it golfing and not have to get a rental. The subcompact Prius, the Prius C, the one that's based off the Yaris, that's going away. Really? Because they're going to be replaced. There's a new 2020 Corolla hybrid that's coming out that's going to replace that. Okay. And then the one we knew all knew about, the Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, that one's sad. Yeah, the sad one. That's a sad one. I, I wish they would have just gone back to the old look. The beetle's going away yeah. with this little flower holder. That's so stupid. <laughs> it has a flower holder. Uh, dumb. 
And then the Golf, uh, the Volkswagen Golf, Sportswagon, and all tracks are going away as well. But those are the ones that are going away for 2020. Not too many heartbreaks there. No, most of them should probably have gone away. Yes, most of them are uh, on the chopping block for good I like those Audi TTs, though. I did. I they thought were, Audi TT was a cool-looking car. They Dro- were cool Drove looking. nice. It was fun to drive. Like, that was a cool car. I've never driven one. I, I sold them back in the day. Did you? I worked for an Audi store in L.A. back in the early 2000s when they first came out. Well, we, uh, let's go ahead and get a winner. And then I want to hear your preview of the BYU-USC game. Okay. All right. We had eight callers this week. I've got them in random order. Eric Jensen, your time to shine. Show us that Ute education number between one and eight. Nine. (laughs) (laughs) Smart guy. uh, Let's go with seven. Seven Seven. is... Uh, who you got there, Jeff? So I got Alan. That's why I put a seven next to Alan. Alan has, he was the guy who was waxing his 2015 Outback That's in his driveway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was asking about his neighbor's cross track. He's selling cars for you out there. Yeah, so Alan, yes. Alan is the winner. He will win the movie tickets. Perfect. All right, so coming up next, uh, you'll have the BYU-USC pregame show with Hans Olsen, Will Snowden down there in Provo at JCW's. Have you had JCW's lately? I have not. Have you ever had JCW's? I have not ever, ever had JCW's. What?! My heavens, what? Jeff Miller. <laughs> it is the best hamburger in known to the humankind. Oh, well, I should probably go there the sometime. The bacon, I don't know what they do with their bacon. It's hard to make bacon taste bad anyway, but they make bacon that puts other bacon to shame. Like You have bacon elsewhere, and you're like, yeah, that's good. Then you have bacon at JCW's, and you don't want to eat anything ever else so again. So you're saying I should go to JCW's sometime. You do need to get down there. Today would be a good time. Go down there during the game. Say hi to Will and Hans. But uh, you being the USC graduate that you are, what's your prediction for this game? I think it's USC by 10. That's better than I thought you'd say. I thought you were going to call a 30-point win. I think it's going to be a blowout, but I think USC handles them quite well. I think... New quarterback's going to do great, and I think USC wins that game by 10. I think it's close to the third quarter, then they run it out. Either way, it's going to be the game of the weekend here locally, so make sure you tune in. I think Utah wins by 40. If they don't, there will be questions (laughs) as to why they didn't. All right, Jeff, thanks for coming in. Good to see you. Absolutely. What a great week. That's Jeff Miller for Eric Jensen. I'm Austin Horton. See you next week on Utah Car Sense.